Can you sue a priest for making your house haunted? And then we take a look at a bizarre myth. Is there a demon out there that gets more powerful every time we poop? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. First off, let's give a shout out to our newest Patreon, Adam Dunn. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Really, really helps out a lot when you guys support the show. If you can't support the show via the Patreon, you can always help get the word out about the show. That helps a lot as well. That really, really does help it out. Now, usually I say go out and put flyers or go around your college campus or your workplace. Those things don't exist right now. Talk about it on the internet. That works too. But I also, we always got to give a shout out to our patrons, Adam Dunn. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We're going to have you fly around on the Carpenter Copter today. Now, before we go anywhere, yesterday I talked about that offer. I'm not sponsored by these guys. That offer for Shutter, Shutter.com. It's a movie streaming service. If you use the promo code SHUTIN, S-H-U-T-I-N, you get 30 days free. I, I talked about it yesterday. I recommend you guys doing it. I think we can watch Again, I'm not sponsored by those guys, but it would be illegal for me to trick you otherwise. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Yesterday, I watched the movie The Room, and that was on there. That was a Shutter exclusive. I watched that. It was good. I, I enjoyed that movie. It was funny. It was supposed to take place in America, but every actor in it was um, from another country. Not like I care. Not like I'm like, I'm not watching this movie. Where's my America? But it, it took me a while, actually, to figure out, hey, wait a second. Why does the mailman sound like he's from Venice? But anyway, so it was a good movie, though. It it had, it was very well developed. It was a good, I described it as a Sunday night, a good Sunday night horror film. I watched a movie today, though, that might be one of my favorite movies that I've seen recently. I heard about it on the podcast, it's not a podcast, I heard about it on the YouTube show Half in the Bag. They do movie reviews. Half in the Bag talked about this movie called One Cut of the Dead. Watch it. Watch it. I can't tell you anything about it. I'll say, just just watch it. Just watch it. it, it just watch it. it. It's it is a good. It's a good movie on so many different levels. It's a horror movie. I think what's going to turn people away. Okay, it's a found footage zombie movie. But watch it. Even if you hate found footage movies, even if you hate zombie movies. Watch one cut of the dead. If you are a fan of Dead Rabbit Radio, if definitely if you're a fan of horror movies, if you're a fan of zombie movies, watch one cut of the dead. But if you're a fan of Dead Rabbit Radio, if you're a fan, I, I can't really say anything. And what's funny, what should be telling is that if you go to one cut of the dead and you look at reviews online on YouTube reviews, they're all like four minutes long. Because nobody wants to give anything away about the movie. Watch one cut of the dead. It's available on Shutter.com. You can watch it for free using that promo code. You can also rent it on YouTube, I believe. I believe that movie may be available other places, but I watched it just a couple hours ago. It blew. It's really good. It's a really, really good movie. It's hard to compare like The Room and that because they're two completely different films. One is a neat thriller that takes place in a single location, which is my favorite type of movie. Actually, they both take place in a single location. Okay, well, anyways, I'm not going to say anything more. Watch, if you're going to watch any movie, one cut of the dead. I don't want to say any movie this year, but man, it's 
watch One Cut of the Dead. Dead Rabbit recommends One Cut of the Dead and, and The Room. Let's go ahead and get started with the episode here. That was kind of a long intro. Adam, I want you to fire up that carpenter copter. We are flying out to Romania. Now, we're specifically headed to the town of Paitsi. That's in Argus County, Romania. So let's land that carpenter copter. We're like knocking over monuments, big old statues of stuff. People think it's an accident, but we're doing it on purpose. Just knocking them over. Thanks, Adam. I'm giving you some Patreon love. Giving you some of my Patreon bucks for destroying all those monuments. We hop out. We're walking through the city square. We're specifically going to court. We're going to be in a court case. So I hope you guys dressed up in your nice little suits and ties and stuff like that. We walk into court. And there we see a man, a lawyer, which is generally what you'll see at a court, named Madeline. He's a dude. I might be mispronouncing his name, but his name is Madeline Cykluski. Cyklusku? Imagine like a cycle... And uh, I gave him a clue, had a baby. That's his family, Cyclus Clue, whatever. He's 34 years old. Now, he's a lawyer, but he's currently, like, doing the lawyering for himself. So he's the client, too. He's actually a professional lawyer, but he's currently, like, suing other dudes. He doesn't have a lawyer himself. He's his own lawyer. I know that was super confusing. And the people he's suing, like, in the defense, you have four priests... And an Orthodox bishop, and they're standing there. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. That's people's court music. If if you're under the age of 34, is that show still even on? Anyways, anyways, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, this story. So these priests are sitting there, and this Orthodox bishop are all just chilling. They're not chilling. They're kind of worried because you know no one likes to be at court. And Madeline is giving this argument. He's presenting himself to the judge, dude. And he's like, judge, uh, a jury that may or may not exist. I don't know if Romania has juries. But definitely there's a judge here. And a big uh, there's 12 question marks sitting in this corner. Let me tell you why I'm suing these men of the cloth. Okay? So. I was working as a lawyer at my place of business, which is a lawyer shop. It's an office, is what I meant to say. And one day, I smelt... Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to say it. I smelt the stinkiest fart you've ever smelt. Everyone's like, what? Everyone's talking amongst themselves. And Adam's like, Jason, is this really the episode I'm in? And I go, "Mm -hmm. yep, you're the one who subscribed the day I got this episode prepped. The smelliest fart, your majesty, your honor, I meant to say. You got a promotion there. The smelliest fart you've ever smelt wafted through my office. Now, at first, I thought, maybe it was me. I checked my shoes. I checked my underwear. But it wasn't me. But I write it off as maybe uh, something coming in through the window. Maybe just at that point, a thousand dogs were walking down the street and I didn't hear it. But I smelt it. And apparently dogs smell like farts. I don't know. But they all farted at the same time. And it all just happened to go in my window. But anyways, I said, Your Honor, that was just an accident. What happened, though, the next day I go back to work, sitting there doing lawyer stuff, filling out paperwork, and, and practicing my speeches in front of a mirror. And wouldn't you know it, the smelliest fart smell 
wafted through my office. At this point, the judge goes, okay, so you, let, let's cut to the chase. You got, your place stinks. But you had all your gas lines checked out. You had all this stuff checked out. You, you've, you had all of the, what, the reasonable things. Like, I, I get these priests are in here, so this has some sort of supernatural ending. But just to be clear, you did did have, like, it's not methane, right? You're not, we're not all, there's not a huge gas leak in your office right now. Everyone's dead for a city block while you're, no, 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 yeah. This was checked out. This was nothing natural. This was supernatural. Everyone in the audience. Your Honor, I was losing business because of these stinky, stinky smells. Couldn't get rid of them. Now, not only was it rough for me to go into work each day, because I knew that eventually my office would start to stink, but that's where I meet my clients. Client walks in there, sits down, we we talk a little bit face-to-face, and then you j- We don't hear it! You just smell it. Just that thick butt smell just float through the room. Just in your nostrils, on your skin, in your clothes. It's like, imagine a locker room filled with nothing but butt, and the judge is like, okay, we each person can imagine their own smell. I don't want to hear descriptors like sweaty buttholes or anything like that. And at that point, at that point, Madeline, like, starts flipping through the notes, has to skip past all the descriptors, goes to the next page. Okay, here's the thing. So I called, this had to be a demon, right? Demons are stinky. Demons smell like sulfur. This was worse than sulfur, your honor. This was like, it looks at his notes, skips a couple pages. It was just stinky. It was just stinky. I won't go and see for description. So I called up the local Orthodox church, and I had four priests come out to exorcise the demon, which they agreed. They agreed there was a demon there because they were exorcising. That bishop sent these four priests down to exorcise my uh, workspace, and it didn't work. It didn't work, Your Honor. Here's one of his quote. This is a true. I'm not just doing a theater of the mind. This is not just doing some weird thing. This was. I guess I just said this earlier. This is a real court case that happened. This was his quote. Madeline's quote. If they, as he points his finger accusingly at the four priests and the bishop, if they represent the way of God, then God's ways are crooked. They did not remove the demons that made these bad smells as they promised to do. And I still see all sorts of demons in the forms of animals, usually crows, but also other such things that are making my life miserable. Priests are just looking at each other. They're like, eh. Now the judge is thinking, okay, this is just weird, right? He knew this had to be weird from the beginning, right? He obviously saw it on the docket. He's getting his robe on. He's like, wait, what? Wait, is this serious? Is this guy really suing priests because a bunch of stinky demons are chasing him around? Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, he's technically... The reason why he's suing them isn't because the exorcism didn't work. That's part of it. He's suing them because he says that the priests actually made things worse. Made things worse. Here's what happened. The priests go to the office. They try to get rid of the smell. The smell doesn't go away. And and I guess I should say, too, he's used every type of cleaning, glade, little hanging, uh, pine tree thing, all of that stuff. Nothing's working. 
Not even the priests, not even the power of God. But that again, that just would suck. What happened now is that whatever was making this stink follows him home. Here's another quote that he gives during court. When I am at home, they switch the TV on and off all the time. They make foul smells that give me headaches and basically roam unhindered around my house and my business. So there's not, it would be one thing, like, if you could time it, like, if you're like, oh, good, they're at my house now, it's like three in the morning, I'll just go to, go to work, but they're at both places, right? He's at home now, the priests have actually made him mad, the fart demon's floating around, or fart demons, we don't know, he's messing with his electronics. His mom, I think, lives with him, because he states halfway through the trial that his mom, whenever she tries to blow her hair with a hairdryer... Demon pops out of it. A giant black shadow comes out. To the point that he goes, every time you turn it on, a demon comes out. Now, that would be something I would bring to court. Right? That There's a thing. He's a lawyer. Come on, dude. There's a thing called evidence. This is a type of trial. You know, like, in Sacramento, when they were trying the Unabomber, they brought his entire cabin into... I don't think they brought it into the courthouse. Because <laughs> then people, they're like bringing it through and they're like, people are bumping in. Well, they took it to like a warehouse and the jury could go to look at the cabin. Just have the judge be like, why don't you come to my house? He's like, I don't want to go to your stinky house. He's like, okay, you don't have to come to my stinky house, but can I at least blow you with this air dryer? And the judge is like, is a demon going to pop out of it? And the guy would say yes. And then he would turn on a demon to pop out and there would be proof forever that the world of supernatural exists. The problem with him is that he wasn't able to prove any of this. Now, a lower court in Romania said, no dice. They threw the case out. So then he takes it to the Romanian high court, and they go, this is stupid. No, and they throw it out. And at the time that this really made news, back in 2013, he was taking it to the European Court of Human Rights. He's like, I will not be smelly i will be smelly no more well technically i'll still be smelly but the fact is is that i want these priests to admit they got my house possessed and i think i also want some money i don't know what he was going for actually but the first two times like the first time it got rejected at least the court made him pay the the priest legal costs which i mean it's not like the catholic church is really hurting for money anyways but they said not only is that a stupid suit but you have to pay for that the question is this if you provided any sort of other service right let's say i was a mechanic and i went and i worked your car was stinky your car had a dead rodent in it and i said i can get that rodent out i ripped the rodent in half because i can't get all of it and i throw the other half in your house and then i I hide it i know that's an extreme example like what what car maker do you go to what automotive dude what's this guy called What's it called when a guy repairs your car? Um, mechanic. 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 Yes. Mechanic. Sorry. That. I'm going to edit out how long it actually took me to think of that. What type of mechanic do you go to, Jason? Well, I'm just saying for... Let's say you go to... A, no, you get the analogy. I don't have to keep listing off people bad at the professions. Would they... They would be liable, right? They would be liable. It's interesting that... It, one, this is a stupid case, but if he could... Pr- First off, there, I guess it's not stupid, but there's two things you have to prove. First off, you have to prove that the things exist. You have to prove that your house is haunted. 
And if you could prove that your formerly your business was haunted, and because his mom was like, "Oh no, 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 this is all true. This is all true. Demons hopping out of the hair dryer. That wasn't happening before the priest showed up. Our house was totally fine until the priest showed up at the office." So you would one first off, you'd have to prove ghosts exist or demons exist, which I think the Catholic Church would. I mean, what were they doing this whole time? Were they like, "Oh no, this stuff is all made up, Your Honor. Like this is a huge racket." No, this is obviously they believe that demons exist. They believe ghosts exist. So were they not? Were they arguing? That, the whole thing's bizarre. But you figured the Catholic Church would be like, "Yes, his place was possessed." But we didn't make the other play. Like, what actually was their argument? At one point, I found in one of the articles I was looking at, it was saying, and I couldn't find an exact quote on this, but it said that the priests were saying that it was all in his head. Which isn't an argument that, as a, as a religious person, you want to have used. With the Catholic priest getting up on stand and be like, no, he's, he's just demons and ghosts fly. That's all made up. It's all in his head. I don't know if they actually said that. I don't know if that was, because there wasn't no exact quote. I don't know if that was the article kind of editorializing. It seemed like that was actually their legal statement that the guy was making it up. But then if that was the case, why did they go to the office in the first place? The whole story is super weird. And we don't know anything after 2013. I doubt it went to the European Court on Human Rights. Probably got dismissed from there as well. Is his house still haunted? Is he plagued by the smells? Has it gotten worse now? Wouldn't it be awful? You call in your priest to help you. They make things worse. You sue the priest, and then they're like, oh, if you thought that was bad, now you not only have demons after you, but you got like archangels being like, quit messing with our religion. Lightning bolts everywhere. So who knows what's happened to this guy? I haven't been able to find anything from him since. I'm not trying to sound ominous. I'm trying to sound like the, the Romanian church has buried him somewhere. It's just him, his mom, and a uh, hairdryer to mark their graves. I don't think that happened. I think he just kind of faded into obscurity. But there's a lot of bizarre questions. Can you sue the church for not doing their job? If they're only... Jo- they don't really have one job, right? To save your soul. And you can't really sue them for that until after you die. But... If their job is to protect you, and they make things worse, like, I think you could sue any other profession, so why can't they sue the church for doing that? It's funny, when I started this off, I thought it was kind of a goofy story, but, and it still is, it's a pretty ridiculous story, but now that I think about it, there's a lot of legal ramifications. The lawsuit should have actually been able to go through. Or at least the trial be held and, and somebody found guilty or innocent. But anyways, I've spent a lot of time on that, a surprisingly amount of time. And I apologize for the length of these episodes lately. But I don't want to make this a two-parter. I want to move on to our next story. Because I actually found a butt demon. Now, that might sound a little, uh, that might sound a little salacious. He's not a demon of the butt. But... More importantly, demon of, of feces. Poop, right? Now, not only is this a, a demon of poop, we're talking about one of the biggies. It's funny, as I was doing all this research, I thought, I haven't really covered a lot of demons. I talked about Ball Bareth way, way back in the day, making fun of that guy. But it's funny, because when you look at actual, like, the, the mythology surrounding demons, it's always so detailed and outlandish. Um, I'm surprised I haven't done more episodes on it. Let's take a look at a guy named Belphegor. So, Carboner Cop Cut. So, Adam, fire up that Carboner Copter. We're headed straight into hell. Fly way to hell. 
flying through like fiery tunnels and stuff like and then it's just like this desolate wasteland there's like a huge castle in the background totally looks like a heavy metal album cover we're flying over we're about to this is kind of spooky let's come back to earth okay now we're flying over a plane a beautiful plane of wheat in kansas and we're gonna land the carpenter copter and then we're gonna i'm just gonna tell you this right i don't want to do an episode in hell that's terrifying let's sit we're all gonna get in our little house in the prairie dresses and and i'm wearing like you're all in dresses i don't care and i'm wearing like those clothes that michael landon wore you know like a shirt and pants he wasn't like wearing a gilded armor or anything i'm just wearing some normal pioneer clothes you guys are all in little dresses and Let's talk about Belphegor. Now, Belphegor is Hebrew for Lord of the Gap or Lord of the Opening. Now, some people say that, that his name is that. Because, this guy's actually mentioned the Bible. Like, this is one of the biggies. And it's interesting because I think there's a lot of connections to him and, and the fart story we just talked about. But this guy here, he's one of the biggies. So if this was the one that was messing around with this dude in... In uh, Romania, there's a reason why four priests couldn't exercise him. He's one of the seven princes of hell. He's one of the seven deadly sins. He represents sloth. But let's get back to his name, Belphegor. Some people say, Lord of the Gap, Lord of the Opening. Some people say it's that because you worshipped him in caves. So there was like a crack or a crevice. She would throw your offerings into... That's where the demon was. Some people say it's because it represents... The second most important opening on the human body, the butthole. The first being the mouth. Don't be a pervert. <coughs> the butthole, right? So, he's generally... You, the thing with demonology, it's interesting because you have, like, the old... You go back to, like, old Arabic, old Hebrew, old Japan, old China, stuff like that, where they have their demons. And then in, like, the 1500s, you started having these priests and these monks writing these uh, diabolica infernums, these... Great compediums, compediums, whatever. Great books of collected knowledge on demons. A lot of times, when you look into them, it's that supposedly the author summoned a demon to get all this. Because summoned the demon of snitching is like, ah, oh, yes. Maybe if you give me a little bit of that virgin, it will jog my memory. Your throne virgin stone. Oh yes, Belphegor. I remember him. They summon the demon of snitching. They get all this information. Belphegor. We have some information from the Old Testament. He was the god of the Moabites. The Moabites. The Israelites are hanging out with the Moabites, start banging the girls, and then Moses kills like 24,000 of them. Not himself. Like, he, he has some magical powers. One of them is not, not his arm's not getting tired as he's snapping 24,000 necks. People believe that he caused some sort of plague to wipe him out. But anyways, they worshipped Baal 4. Baal 4. And that name ended up becoming Belphegor, which is the Lord of the Gap. Now, so he's mentioned in the Bible. He's one of the few demons that is mentioned by name in the Bible. And here's his power. So, like, when you look at these compadiums, damn it, when you look at these dictionaries or whatever, encyclopedias, that's the word I'm looking for, of, of stuff, they'll have the name of the demon, they'll have, this guy's this prince of hell, so he has massive armies underneath him. They always have, like, what they look like, their powers, and all sorts of stuff like that. It's like basically looking through a book of superheroes as all of their stuff. This guy, when you saw... This is an interesting one, because I think this, honestly, is where the idea of the trickster demon comes from. Because this is an old-school one. 
he appears as a woman. He appears as a super, super hot chick, right? So you, you're just hanging out in your house. Kate Upton walks through your closet, and you're just like, whoa. Right? Like, there's no... Or he becomes a big old monster, but you'd rather just see Kate Upton walk around. Now, he shows up, and he has the ability to give you unlimited riches. That's that's kind of gauche, though, right? A lot of demons can give you riches. Any demon can do that. He has this interesting thing where and I think this kind of goes, it taps into the human condition. He can inspire the world's greatest inventions. And I think people, it's, it would be nice to be wealthy, of course. But we look down on people who are simply wealthy. We want people to earn their wealth, to create their wealth. When other people are just wealthy, people look down on them. Like, who who do you hold into more esteem? Elon Musk or Kylie Jenner, right? Like, that's just the way things are. So, we have this, we have this thing going on. So, he shows up, he inspires invention, he inspires creativity. But, when I said he was one of the seven deadly sins, he's sloth. So he'll give you this idea in your head that's within your ability to create. He's not going to be like, you can make an electric car and you're Kylie Jenner. No, I don't mean to be knocking on Kylie Jenner, right? They can go to Elon Musk and say, you're going to have a makeup brand. And he's like, what? I don't even wear makeup. The fact is, is that he'll give you something to do that's within your realm of doing. And you'll have this vision of your head and you'll be like, oh my God, I can totally do this. I can create this life-saving invention or this world-changing invention or just something that will make me successful and you dream and dream and dream and you get lazier and lazier and lazier until the torment overtakes you. And by then we're looking at jealousy and envy because you're looking at other people who have Inventions that are lamer than yours, that are successful. And it begins to eat at you. The, the, the deal is broken that way. So it's not so dramatic like, oh, you wished for Apple? How about a million? And then you suffocate on apples. Like, it's nothing like that, right? Although, if you summon a demon and you just go, I'll just have an apple, hats off to you, dude. Because it takes a lot to summon a demon. But it's you want to be better, and he makes you have the vision of you being better and know how to be better, but makes you too lazy to do it. Which to me, honestly, that's not even a that's just that's not even a demon's power, right? That's the human condition. You know, we all spend so much of our lives novels that we want to write that we can perfect. I was thinking about that last night. I had this perfectly planned out story in my head, like I don't know how many books, just like beat for beat, that I could just sit and write. I was thinking last night. I was like, that was a great story. That was a really, really good story. That's just part of the human condition. But I was too lazy to ever write it. This podcast, you know, this this kicks my butt a lot of the time. I have to do it every single day. But this is in my wheelhouse. You know, I can do this. But the, And I can write, too. I was just super lazy when it came to writing. But anyways, I think that's part of the human condition. I think that's why this demon kind of rings true for a lot of us. Uh, maybe he's one... I think sloth is... I think sloth is more... At least in my life and what I can observe is more powerful than lust or envy. Like, I'm lazier than I am, like, you know, trying to covet my neighbor's wife. It's a bad example. Between me being a lustful, like, putting stuff on the back burner so I can go out and get laid. That's so far from my character. It would seem bizarre if I did it. It would be, what? You didn't, you didn't do an episode because you were hooking up with that girl? That's weird, Jason. Like, you shouldn't, you should you need to go 
get like some tests done. I think you might have a brain parasite. Same thing with envy, things like that. But um, yeah, sloth. I think is more um, uh, just kind of just want to lay there and be a lump. Anyways, so Belfagor. Let's get back to this guy. So this is no longer a Jason confession episode. He's generally seen as sitting on a toilet when he was in the Infernum uh, Demonicum or whatever it was back in the day. They had a wood carving of him sitting on a toilet, and that kind of popularized the idea of Belphegor sitting on a toilet. But all the ideas of him being surrounded by poop, of, of getting poop sacrifices, had been around before that. Because here's the thing. That is what he wanted. He wanted poop. Now, whether or not people were, whether or not his name actually meant the butthole, like the crevices and the butt crack, we don't know. But feces was a big part of the rituals around this guy. Some people believe people were actually throwing feces into the caves, which actually would kind of make sense. Because what else are you going to do with them? You're not like, oh, I've just pooped in the middle of my settlement. Nothing bad will happen now. It's like flies are flying everywhere. It could have been people were like, hey, clean that poop up. What? I'm not going to clean that poop up. We're, we're Mobites. Like, we're, we're like in the Stone Age. Why should you have to clean my poop? Uh, because, uh, God wants you to. What? Yeah, yeah, there's a, um, there's a God in that cave over there. So, uh, go put your, go put your poop in there. And then we can have an orgy. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Go give it to, we don't, that actually, it's funny. I made that up as a joke, but I wonder if, that w- I think there's a lot of stuff if we look back in old religion times where they're like, don't eat pork. Nowadays, we're like, what? But it makes sense because you're so likely to die of food poisoning if you ate pork. And if you had a group of people, if you had a group of 10,000 people and you wanted them to survive, you would start saying stuff like, don't eat pork. What? Why? Uh, because uh, God doesn't want you to. Oh, okay, okay. So it's always an interesting thing. But anyway, so they could have started with that and then it became this. But anyways, I have no, I have no proof of that. The fact is that Belphegor is connected to feces, is connected to poop. Some people believe that he is one of the hardest demons to summon because you need massive amounts of poop. Now, we don't know how much poop. So you can start saving up now. But again, I wouldn't actually. This guy, don't, this guy sucks. Because what happens is you summon him, he's just going to make you super lazy all the time. Now you may be thinking, Jason, I'm already, I'm already so lazy. The only demon I want to summon is one that I'm already summoning every single day. Yeah, but he might make you lazier. But apparently, you have to use an obscene, to me, any amount of poop. Some obscene, obscene amount of poop, but an obscene amount of poop to actually summon him. And I couldn't find any details on how to summon him. You may be able to go deeper into the internet to find it. I personally wouldn't. Because again, nothing good could come from summoning any demon, let alone one of the seven demons of hell. And what's weird is we have so many odd details about this guy. He's the ambassador to France. From hell, not from like Belgium or anything. From hell, he's the ambassador to France. So that's kind of bizarre, right? Apparently, he came at the demon. This is a weird story that uh, Machiavelli event, uh, told, supposedly, because it started getting really weird. Apparently, there's a lot of details on him, but a lot of it is hearsay. Well, they'll say, like, oh, this guy said this, or this guy said that, which is pretty much how history works. But Machiavelli said that he heard, I don't know what his source is, that all the demons in hell were having a bet. They didn't believe that humans could be happily married because humans are so miserable and human life is so miserable 
the fact that you could take two of them and put them in a house together and they'd be happy, that has to be a myth. There's a huge argument in hell about it, and it raged forever. Finally, Satan goes, you know what, dude? I'm so tired of hearing this. I'm pretty sure they hate each other's guts. Men and women hate each other's guts. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure married couples hate each other's guts. But whatever. Belphegor, you go up top and find out for us. And Belphegor goes up and he traveled the world and he loved, fell in love with France. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Oh, yes. I wish they said poo poo instead of wee oui, wee. Oui. That was, sorry guys. That... I'm taking my glasses off. That joke was so bad. I don't deserve to see right now. Anyways, Belphegor says, Oh, I love France. And I'm not going to repeat that terrible joke. But. Satan's right. <laughs> Married couples hate each other. It's just another horrible part of the human condition. And Belphegor went back down to hell and said two things. One, you're right. Humans cannot cohabitate. They absolutely hate each other's guts. It's just being humans awful too. Can I please be the ambassador to France? And at that point, Satan must have been like, we don't have ambassadors to any other country. But uh, yeah, sure, bro. <laughs> like, that's kind of weird. And his archenemy, again, to show how high level this guy is, his archenemy is St. Mary Magdalene. He's bringing out, like, the big names, like the named characters in the Bibles. No NPCs to fight Belphegor. So you go, Jason, you're just reading off facts. You're just reading off facts about some poop demon. Some demon that absorbs poop or eats poop. Well, yeah, I kind of am. I find this type of stuff fascinating, right? But Belphegor may actually be far more powerful than we could ever imagine. One, if you think about it, when's the last time you slaughtered a goat? Right? Like, how many of these demons or how many of these just religious figures in general, demigods, gods, require animal sacrifices? And you could say, well, Jason, we slaughter 100,000 cows a day. Well, yeah, yeah, but goats specifically, right? You know what I mean? Like, when's the last time you when's the last time you even heard of someone slaughtering a goat? When's the last time you saw someone burning a wicker man? When's the last time you saw someone doing any sort of these pagan rituals? When's the last time you pooped? You might be pooping right now, listening to this podcast. It would be a demon that is perpetually fueled. So we have that aspect. We have this aspect. He's the only demon with a prime number. Try wrapping your head around this one. This is weird. Now, I'm not saying that he invented this prime number. Someone named the prime number after him, but they could have called it Lucifer's prime number or Basilbub's prime number. They called it Belphegor's prime number. It is one quintillion, 66 billard. What is, what's a billard? Is that a real number? I copy and pasted this from Wikipedia, so it is. One quintillion, 66 billard, 600 billion and one. It's the number one, 13 zeros. This is a real number, by the way. Oh, all numbers are real, but this is like a real recognized number. It's the number one, it's 13 zeros, 666, 13 zeros, and a one. It's a prime number, and it's a palindrome number. It's called Belphegor's prime number. Now here's where you're like, Jason, now now this has basically become a math. This become, what was that old show on PBS? I loved it so much. Um, it had math net on it. It had the two people in the trench coats and they would do math problems. It had math man, math man, math man, math. It was like Pac-Man, but he was doing math. I don't remember. But the point, my brain is broken this episode. I am sure it's gone on incredibly long. I haven't even looked at the time again. I apologize for these long episodes. Belphegor's prime number. Now, now is where we're going to get really weird, and we're wrapping it up here. 
Balfagor's prime number is represented, because that's kind of a ridiculous thing, right? 1, 13 zeros, 6, 6, 6, 13 zeros, 1. It's represented as an upside-down pi number, or it's pi symbol, right? Upside-down pi symbol. Now, this upside-down pi symbol is found... The very first time this upside-down pi symbol is found outside of Belfagor's prime number, this thing being created. It's found in a book that's never been deciphered called the Voynich Manuscript. It's funny, uh, listener Jordan the other day emailed me a huge list of uh, links of commentary. Thank you, Jordan, too. I haven't responded to the email yet, but... and. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Jordan's Grandma. He uh, sent me an email that had all of these different explanations of what the Voynich Manuscript is. The Voynich Manuscript, I've touched on it briefly here and there throughout the course of the show. It's a manuscript that to this day is undecipherable. Indecipherable? Nobody knows what it means, right? They've tried supercomputers doing it. They've had normal humans looking over it. They were looking over it before supercomputers were invented. Nobody knows what it is. Some people believe it's like a spell book. Some people believe it's a recipe book. There's some stuff that's in it that people can look at and go, oh, look, it's a picture of a tiger. Maybe this is a zoology page, but nobody knows. But in this Voynich manuscript that's completely mysterious, it's been mysterious for 100 years, is this upside-down pie symbol. So the idea is, is that in this book that's indecipherable is a mention of Belfagor. A demon that is fed every minute. A demon that brings out the worst quality that every human already has. A demon that both gives you hope and takes away the willpower to achieve that hope. A demon that sits on a throne that is a toilet. I think out of all the demons, this one would be the one that we were constantly giving energy to. Every time you just spent the day laying about, dreaming of something to do, Belphegor laughs. Every time you have to poop, which is unfortunate because that's something we have to do, Belphegor feeds. Every dream unfulfilled, every horrible bowel movement, both of those things are something that everyone does all the time. And maybe sometimes it's not about feeding off humanity's misery and their feces dripping into his gullet every minute of every day. Maybe sometimes he gets hands-on. Maybe there was a lawyer in Romania who had great things planned for him. A destiny that would bring him above mankind. But he had to get distracted. He had to get diverted. And so Belfagor takes a personal interest in this lawyer. And not only ruins the man's business and ruins the man's sanity, but ruins the man's faith in God. Has him suing the church and saying God's works are crooked. Belfagor may be a demon that controls large swaths of the planet, but pray he never personally involves himself in your life. Because if you think you're already a little lazy now, or a little too regretful of the things you wish you had done, that's nothing 
if you find yourself in the grip of the demon of sloth. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm so glad you listened to it today. I love you guys. Stay safe, be kind, and I'll see you tomorrow.